Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about strange things, Ukraine, and we have part three of our interview with Jeff Brazier from the podcast Only Human. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who thinks her armies should go in her sleeves, and a man who... He's running out of teeth. Is it's <laughs> it's Charlotte Russ. Apparently, that was too much, Russ. I, 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 so much. I sincerely apologize. I, I'm, I'm gonna disown you as my brother and brother. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting really um disapproving looks from uh the other side of the room. Uh, so I, I let me let me take this opportunity to apologize for that oh, previous Christ. comment. That doesn't sound all that sincere, though. I know, it's like he's giving you a YouTube apology. Like, okay. What's a YouTube apology? Oh, they're the most fake things on the... Yeah, like that to a kid that you say to him sort of thing, you shouldn't have borrowed that, and they're like, no, sorry, Daddy. <laughs> I'm not saying Daddy, you are. <laughs> I want to dig into what a YouTube apology is because it's the first time I've heard that phrase. Uh, but let's start. By, let, me, let me see if I can make this genuine, right? Are you ready? See, if you have to say are you ready, then it's definitely not genuine, is right, it? Let, let me just do it like Russ. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Can't apologise to I'm, your own brother. I'm, I'm, oh, that's nasty, I that is. I thought part of our thing was a bit of friendly banter. I used to let friendly banter. No, I definitely don't mind it. He doesn't mind it. But you be careful next time I'm over. Your bed's going to get a kick in. <laughs> 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 oh, your bed's going to get a kick in. I've never had that. Like, not, not me. He's, he's, he doesn't condone, and clearly, you're right, Ras, you shouldn't condone physical violence on um, on other human beings. <laughs> um, but my bed's fair game, is it? No, I think it's... Um... an animal object, isn't it? If I don't, you do realise I don't, I know it's an inanimate object. You don't, you do realise I don't sleep in a bunk bed anymore. <laughs> I know. It's it might be a tight place getting under. <laughs> oh, you look, you're gonna have to see how Cassie feels about you hiding under my bed so you can kick it when I'm in it. I mean, that that that's is, a resounding no from that, mom. That is a completely different conversation. Mm. Right, tell us, educate us, Charlotte, on what a YouTube apology is. Well, you know, because I don't know if that's what they're actually called, but um, like when um, when you get YouTubers and like someone's dug up something they did in the past. And they oh. make those really scripted videos. I have experienced a severe lapse in judgment. <laughs> and I offer my sincerest apologies. <laughs> okay, unofficial question in the podcast, and one we probably won't use ever again, but unofficial question in the podcast. What's been your favourite unscripted uh, YouTube apology? All of them are terrible. So. All of them are ter- terrible. Next unofficial question in the podcast. Have you ever made an apology you didn't mean? Yes. Yeah, you do it all the time. <laughs> you do it all the time to me. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> 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 
Sorry. When when Charlotte apologizes to me, uh, apologizes to me and doesn't mean it because I I get cross. <laughs> she does it like this. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> she goes like proper deadpan, don't you? She goes like proper proper deadpan. She goes, sorry, Dad. I think I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of trouble once by apologising. I didn't mean. Sorry. I got out of a lot of trouble once by apologising when I didn't mean it. Really? Yeah. Is that a story we want to share on the podcast? No, we, think... we, we won't share the story, but it, it does have a purpose to it. Apologising without meaning. Mean yeah, like if you if you say something, like if you give your friend a, a ribbon, like, you know, you make a joke about them, um, and then you just go, soz, mate. You don't mean it, but like... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I never say anything that anybody <laughs> could construe as... Um, <laughs> well, then I feel really. so bad now. Well, you should feel bad, right? <laughs> you should feel bad. You... you you kick my bunk bed and I'm sorry you're going to be paying it for it I for do. the rest of your life <laughs> um, that's, that's, I apologise I made a gravest ever in judgment <laughs> and I apologise for um, I have experienced a and, severe lapse in judgment and, and I apologise <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> did that sound genuine to you um Let's talk about the official question of the podcast. What is the strangest thing you found in an unlikely place? Now, this the reason we're asking this question of the podcast <laughs> listeners is because um, I, I found a purple widget in my shoe and don't, didn't know where it came from. And I keep and accidentally it, sleeping with pennies. No, you know what? You We had this conversation before we came on the podcast I don't think finding pennies in your bed... Oh, fire. That paid for most of my sweats when I was a kid, finding pennies in your bed. <laughs> in my bed? In my bed? What are you doing? Rummaging around oh, in my you bed? You can leave them everywhere, on the side, everything. No, no, that's where you keep your money when you go to bed. I shouldn't have said that. That's fair. <laughs> Sorry, did you, did you steal my money? <laughs> Did you steal my money and you just weren't telling me? I liberated it because you kept laying on it and it didn't like it. <laughs> what did you spend it on? Sweets, probably. Sweets, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. what happens in your teeth, probably. Too many sweets. We used to have that, that shop just outside the school that sold popcorn. Oh, oh, you know what? Yeah. You know, you know what I loved about that shop? Half penny sweets, right? Yeah. yeah. What? Half-penny half sweets. sweets. Sweets that cost one half of a penny. And all, all, all you the, a lot for 10p. All the sweets used, used to, to come in jars like that. It did. Sorry? It did. Now, I don't want to give anybody a financial lesson on the kindness project. Sorry, I'm, I'm, that's what you call Charlotte. Inflation. inflation. <laughs> um, okay. How much was a lot? It used to, at one point in in previously it used to be ten p, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much it was when we were kids. You used to be able to buy cans of beer for fifty p. Sorry, cans of beer for fifty. And that's what most we used to do: pop in the shop at twelve and get some sweets <laughs> and a can of beer. Clearly, Sophie's joining us. The girls. <laughs> 
who is um, really getting into knitting at the minute, and she wants to make a comment. Once I found a hanger on top of my head at one cup. <laughs> <laughs> a hanger on your it head? It was in my mouth. I woke up and it was in my mouth. A hanger in your mouth? No, because I'm oh, like it was it was on your head and you tasted it and you're on your Oddly enough, talking about sewing, I was sitting there the other night, I had the telly on, and that sewing bee come on. Nothing interesting right. stuff they make on now. What was the most interesting Oh, they, they made like this summer outfit. Right. And they dolled out to make one each. And some of them was just out as well, yeah. Reminds me, I've got to pick up my, my safety pin. Right. Yeah. This has gone weird. <laughs> um, got to be careful you don't So where were we? Half penny sweets. So there was a period of time when a sweet, like a blackjack or yeah. love arts were like 10 pit at some point. So how much are love arts now? How much is a pack of love arts now? You, don't, you can't buy them individually, I don't think. I've never bought them. No, not individually. How much is a pack? Well, like a big bag, that, that quid. Yeah, a quid. Yeah, used to be ten p. See, my generation. How about we, one blackjack. Uh, you can't get one blackjack. Oh, we used to be able to buy one blackjack. Yeah, I don't think they do it like that anymore. You have to have like a pack of like seven or something. Yeah. We, my generation. If you ask my generation about inflation, we measure it using Freddos. Um. Well, we've done we've done that before we've in the past. That, yeah. We use the Big Mac analogy, though, don't we? We use Big Mac. We use Freddo's. I've got to update the new pricing, though. Sorry? I've got to update the Big Mac one to the new pricing. I didn't realise this was, this was a work Zoom. I thought we were recording the podcast. Right, so um, the question is, so I found a purple widget. Still don't know what it does in my shoe. Um, and then Cassie mentioned that, um, Cassie's my wife, if uh, you're a new listener to the podcast, Cassie mentioned that she found a shoe in the veg aisle in the supermarket. So what we'd love... That's why we one. Was that it a dog shoe or an adult shoe? An adult shoe. And I asked that. Did you? I mean, I'm not being funny. If it's a kid's shoe, you can imagine, like, they're in their pram... They take the shoe in the veg, yeah, <laughs> and then it, and then like they move on, and the parent doesn't notice. An adult shoe, they've got to get rid of their shoe and hop home. <laughs> um, I just it makes no. Or take a spare shoe and strategically <laughs> place it in the veg. Um, what are they doing, Charlotte? I found half a half-eaten somebody packet might in, the, their... in the lamp section once. In the lamp section, <laughs> somebody might have put their shopping on there when it fell out of their bag. Boring, Russ. That's boring. Why would you have a shoe in your bag? No, because it's got a pair of shoes. Ah, right. Okay, fair enough. So we would love, we would love, what would you like to say, Zofie? Maybe it was like a little kid and they'd got out of their pram. A little kid with big feet. A little kid with big feet. Why don't we post a picture of the widget? The little kid. Let's see if anybody can identify it. So, yeah, maybe we do that. Maybe we like unofficial question of the podcast is how <laughs> did that shoe end up in the veg aisle? Maybe I don't think we'll get the answer to that. You, you, you uh, can only people's, people's guess. That's that's what it. Uh, that's what it, that's what we should do for question of the podcast. Sometimes, like make people guess. Yeah, guess random stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. 
it was a little kid. Yeah. And their mum was holding their hand, and their mum reached up to grab something, and the little kid ran away. They were in the clothes section, got a giant shoe, <laughs> and just placed it strategically on top of on top of the broken. Children are beings of chaos. Yeah, I'll I can see that. that. I'm not going. I that. would do that. Would you? Was <laughs> it you who put the shoe in there? Was it you, Sophie, who, no, it who strategically <laughs> placed a random it shoe? I didn't... The broccoli detail was kind of specific. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mum. She seems to know a lot the about the shoe. Was the shoe in the broccoli? No. The shoe wasn't in the broccoli. Where was it? It was near the bananas. <laughs> near the bananas. <laughs> near the bananas. That is... I mean, I love bananas. Don't put shoes near bananas, I please. I love bananas and smoothies. Smoothies are nice. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, you can answer the question of the podcast in the following ways. Ah, yes. You had to do it when I was taking a big slurp of coffee, didn't you? Right. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, we're at Ola Kindness. On Facebook, you type the Kindness Project into the search bar. We should be the first thing that comes up. If you want to Google us, it's the Kindness Project podcast. And if you want to go directly to the website, it's www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. Uh, if you want to email us, it's Ola, uh, no. Ola it's at thekindnessproject.co.uk. Um, all this time as well. I know, I know. You'd think you'd get it right by now, wouldn't you? And if you'd like to listen to any of the podcast episodes, you can do so at www.thekindnessprojects.co.uk. I did that bit. Okay. And on that uh, bombshell... We have an Insta, but... Um, oh, we've got an Insta, but Russell doesn't update it, so... <laughs> And on, on that bombshell, uh, let's move on to... And the snow... Ukraine edition. And in this edition of Climate Snooze, um, it looks like Russell was sort of kept us pretty much up to date. I'll check the dates on the news articles when... I did uh, manage to get some more up to date than last week. Bad. Thank you. I'm, I'm sick of reading news from 2002. It's not really news if it's that old, Russ, is it? Hey? Oh, maybe we should start with the events of um, I Saturday. I thought history podcast. <laughs> your news is like the history podcast it's so old Christ, go on. I mean I was going to mention the fact they won the Eurovision yes now we I'm not a massive Eurovision fan you love a bit of Eurovision don't you no Sophie does uh, Charlotte doesn't like it either the songs are good but I, I wouldn't sit and watch it yeah um but we are over the moon that not only did the UK uh come second but ukraine won it we love that um uh idea uh and again it's a and tribute well deserved as well because that song was good I, I didn't hear that song but i think it, it's symbolic of uh a general um uh, feeling of goodwill towards Ukraine at the minute, and I think that should be applauded. And their song was really good. And their song was good. Uh, check it out, and check out the British one by Sam. Sam, just Sam. Sammy boy. Sam Sam, Sam, Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder. Uh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. I think it was Ryder. called Spaceman or something like that. Oh yeah, we were listening at, to it. Look earlier. at Russ pretending he's not a Eurovision fan. I no. think it was called Spaceman. I'm not. Um, when when they done the when they done the judges' votes, I thought 
oh, I'm going to watch this to the end, see if we do win. But that's the first time I remember do, doing anything in the Eurovision. Yeah. That's because that's because the UK never get any votes. So. Yeah, we don't we don't normally win it, do we? So well done. We well, don't normally well, get anywhere. We don't close. normally get anywhere near. But well done for Sam Ryan for coming second, and well done for the guys uh, <laughs> from the Ukrainian entry. Do you know the name of the band or the song? No. We don't. Um, just... But well done for uh, winning. Eurovision. Uh, let's talk about this news article. With his handmade bowl, his 12-year-old raised $325,000 for Ukrainian kids. After a young boy's woodworking project went viral, he seized on the on his new internet following, following to raise money, not for himself, but for the children of Ukraine. The power of viral social media posts never ceased to astound. When Gabriel Clark was proud dad, tweeted a link to his son's hobby, carving wooden bowls and posting them for on Instagram, it went viral. And his Insta followers jumped from six to 227,000 in just 48 hours. Rather than fulfilling the 20,000 requests for wooden bowls, Charlie Woodwork, Charlie Woodwork, that can't be his real name, uh, no, who, lives in, who lives in Cumbria in uh, the north of England, announced that he would make one single bowl, Gabriel's bowl for Ukraine, to be given out in a lottery to anyone who made a donation to save the children. Virality struck once again, and a six uh, £5,000 appeal turned into a £250,000 success. With nearly 15,000 people donating, part of the viral bump came when the appeal came to the attention of J.K. Rowling, Nick Offerman and Stephen Fry, who all passed it along to their unfathomable numbers of followers. I never imagined that my tweet would turn into this amazing thing, Somehow it's resulting in people donating over £250,000 to help children in Ukraine. It's just incredible, said Richard Clark, Gabriel's father. Gabriel's bowl for Ukraine now is a new home. Renuka Chapman, congratulations. And we are now at 245000 A truly unbelievable figure and Save the Children would like to pass on their immense gratitude. When Gabriel rang me to let me know I'd won the bowl, I was completely overwhelmed. I'd never won a single thing before, wrote Renuka. This bowl will be one of my most treasured possessions. It represents hope, compassion and kindness and it will have pride of place in my home. I absolutely love that story. I absolutely love that story. Um, And the next one uh, in Ukraine... um, uh, edition tiny bomb sniffing Jack Russell is a national hero I thought that said tiny bomb sniffing Russell when I first read it and I thought you'd you'd uh, you'd been like doing a new hobby have you have you been out bomb sniffing Russ? no <laughs> I wonder if Dexter could bomb sniff well we could I, I, can you train any dog to bomb sniff that's yeah. an interesting thing helping to sweep 200 explosive devices in Ukraine Hey, patron! The, oh, patron! The Jack Russell recently. <laughs> are you just are you just dog loving over his name? Yeah, patron. <laughs> recently received a presidential medal from President Zelensky, meaning ammo in Ukrainian. Patron's handler. <laughs> what? It's not as good, is it? Ah, oh, ammo. There's dogs called ammo. Yeah. What would you prefer, patron or ammo? 
patron. Yeah. In Ukrainian, patron's handler, Mikhailo Liev of the Civil Civil Protection Service accepted the medal on the two-year-old Pooch's behalf in news conference that included Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. 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 Today, I want to award those Ukrainian heroes who are already clearing our land of mines, and together with our heroes, a wonderful little sapper, Patron, who helps not only to neutralise explosives, but also to teach our children the necessary safety rules in areas where there is a mine threat, Zelensky said in a statement after the ceremony. Oh, look at the little doggy! <laughs> Patron has become well known since the conference. You do know this is a podcast, don't you? Um, oh, look at the little cute doggy on this phone. Uh, look him up because he's adorable. Uh, Patron has become well known since the conflict began, appearing in dozens of stories across a variety of news networks and outlets. His Instagram boasts. Oh, he has an Instagram. I know he's going to be following Patron when this is done. He's going to have 212,001 followers. Or maybe two, because Ross might want to follow him as well. <laughs> no, 220,000 followers. As a Jack Russell Terrier, he's one of the ultimate workhorse breeds. Bred for fox catching and later for rat catching and travel. His powerful snout, endless energy and smaller appetite make him ideal for mine sweeping. Yet that wasn't supposed to be his destiny, as NPR reports. That Ia bought him, Leah bought him originally to be nothing more than a loyal friend for his son. Aww. Amazing, love that, um, and shows that um, there are plenty of uh, uh, people, animals working hard to um, support the people of Ukraine, which is what I love to see. Let's move on to our interview. Uh, this week we've got part three of our interview with Jeff Brozier. Uh, Jeff is a good guy doing loads in his community to support people um just effectively uh, you know help their mental health by you know encouraging people to come out on walks through the um uh, topics he explores on his podcast and through a bunch of other stuff so check out what jeff is up to we'll make sure all the links go in the show notes and there's listen to part three of the interview with jeff one, one of the most interesting things for me in, in, in my day job, in the job as a financial planner, is often people come and see me at a point of transition. So they're thinking, and, and my typical client, sort of early 50s to early 60s, looking at a position where they're, they're trying to work out whether financially they've reached a level of, of wealth to, 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 to do something else. And a lot of the conversations aren't about money. They're about... What do I do with my life, Chris? What do I? I'm, I'm now at a point where I've achieved a level of financial independence. What is? I'll give you an example. Working with a guy at the moment, and I, I won't break any confidentiality clearly, but working with a guy at the moment who said, "I've been doing the same thing quite successfully for 30 years. What am I if I aren't if I'm not my job?" Um, and part of the part of the conversations that we have are around saying what is your purpose in life what is it you really want to like where do you add value to the world over and above the money if we know if we can tell you that the money's going to be all right and that conversation jeff fascinates me because it's Mm. so interesting in terms of 
helping people, you know, and guide. And and the life coaching, I'd imagine, is is doing exactly that, just more intensely, right? Well, you're in a you're in a coach, even asking those sessions. I guess I, I guess it's um, how you um, put a structure around that conversation. Yeah so that someone walks out the door feeling like they are, you know, a, a step empowered. closer towards working it out and feeling empowered as a, as a result. But, yeah, what a fascinating stage of life to be in where you start to actually um, align yourself with what, you're, what, what you actually want to achieve with the time you had after what you thought was important was, was the yeah. career. Um, <laughs> And and now realising well, that's just given you, um, it's given you the tools, the experience, and uh, maybe the the platform to then be able to make decisions yeah. as to as to what you do. Yeah. I, I love I love where I've landed with just like I, I was really clear this week in that uh, sorry this year that it was all about what I can give, and yeah. uh, it's the reason why I do plenty of podcasts, it's the reason why I'm doing the workshops for free, yeah. and the walk and talk stuff at a different game every Saturday, wherever I am, and it's because I, you know, if I if I can do my little bit, and if you yeah. can do a little bit with this podcast, if someone else can do their little bit with something else, then... I the world's going to be a better place as a result, right? That's yeah, we, just, we have to see ourselves as the balance to all the bad stuff, um, yeah. As, yeah. as opposed to, I, I'd never be one to sit around and just be like, "Well, this is bad, isn't it?" Well, okay, what what can we do that that yeah. I guess is 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 is, is uh, contradicting to that, and and what's the opposite? Yeah. Yeah, what can we do to just engender some sort of positive change? You know, and yeah. if you know if we can do that, that's great. And and I suppose I suppose the big factor. I mean, I know you mentioned you trained as a as a life coach. What was your big biggest lessons when you went through that process for you? Uh, well, thinking specifically as a coach um, was was my introduction to imagery, which is not something that I was trained in, but just something as a coach I'd naturally um, gravitated towards and that is to um, help people to see their situation from a from a different point of view by inviting them to close their eyes and and imagine the situation visually and um, by playing around with that and by realizing how powerful it is um, what a lot of people get very used to avoiding the um the, the same conversation they, they seem to be having a lot with a lot of people where it's just purely verbal. Um, yeah, but actually, yeah. when you invite someone to see it um, uh, and to create an image, obviously it's not me giving them the image, that's them creating it for themselves and telling me what they see and what that metaphor is for their for their situation. Um, that all of a sudden their resistance to kind of exploring it is is less as a result and yeah. and as I say it's just like it's, I, it never ceases to amaze me how, how powerful imagery is in helping people unpick um, the things that they've been stuck in in the past so so that was that was really that visualization of a, of a different situation the situ situation they're in just viewed from a different perspective how would you use that imagery yeah yeah it's quite flexible it's really creative in that, that actually what i'm trying to do i guess is help them to construct the the visual image and then yeah. when they've constructed it we start to um we start to question it why why things appear in certain ways but the detail you can go into is absolutely immense and it all represents very cleverly um something that your subconscious has just sort of offered up so yeah. um 
yeah, I remember learning about how we're all an iceberg in that what what our conscious cognitive thought process is is what you see above the surface, which is it seems like quite a big you know element of the iceberg, but actually it's not, when, you, is it? yeah. when you see beneath the surface, it's only five percent of it. And and the, and the problem is certainly for me is the more you learn about that personal development stuff, that the more you the more you realise you don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't. We know very little. We yeah. uh, the comprehension of who we are, why we are, the purpose of why we. You know, it's 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 such a, a huge yeah. unexplored expanse. And there was, there was a few podcast interviews that I, I really piqued my interest, particularly. Uh, and I, I want to cover up a couple of things on this. Number one, gratitude. So num- how important do you think um, gratitude and being grateful is, is, is in terms of your mental health? I just know when I, I read the law of, you know, I read the secret about the law of attraction when I was quite young. And um, I remember thinking, oh, this is how I think this, you know, someone who's very positive, this will, will really speak to you because it, it infers that basically your life is in your hands and that if you take full responsibility and accountability for your thought process, then actually that will deliver the the, the, the life and the experiences and I guess in some ways the, the luck that you're looking for. I, I personally, and again, you know, I, I completely appreciate that people might disagree with me. I, I, I've not read The Secret, um, uh, but I just think the reality is a bit more nuanced and, and, and deeper than that, purely and simply because the law of attraction just seemed like... Uh, too much of a simplistic solution for me what did you think no i agree but it's a great place to start yeah. and what do you yeah. lose you know yeah. so it's, yeah. not, it's not a religion and i don't think that you know you're never asking anybody to um because uh, it doesn't explain why people get serious illnesses right you know it, it, it yeah. doesn't explain so you're right there are obviously huge caveats but my my response will always just be what's the harm in taking accountability which is massive 100%. For for your thoughts, if we imagine why anxiety is so is so rife at the moment, and and that is about how people um, people don't quite have the the, the 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 boundaries around their their thought process, so it gets carried away, it gets heightened and exaggerated, and next thing you know, something is thought into being a far bigger issue than than maybe it was initially. So that's I'm with what you yeah, yeah, if you if you if your thinking is is let's say you know not constructive, then then you're looking at anxiety. If your thought process is one where you understand that 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 if you think positively about things, then you can manifest these things into your existence. Um, then all all it means that even if it doesn't work, and actually that's not that's not how, how the universe does work. You, you can't ask, believe, and receive. Um, then it just means that you spent a lot less of your day worrying about things unnecessarily. Um, it doesn't mean yeah. that you're careless. It doesn't mean that that, that you're not giving mind to things that that you need to take care of. It just means that you're thinking about those things in a context that is constructive and um and, and that's and, likely and to result in you taking positive action as well isn't it you know that's the reality of it so that mindset stuff i think i, I you know I, I completely agree with the the bit that i think we might 
and we can we can disagree, Jeff. There's no problem with that. Uh, yeah, um, definitely. Um, the the bit the bit that I think is that that positive act certainly look in the mirror. Certainly, it starts with you in terms of the decisions you make. The bit that I think, and again, I might have misinterpreted interpreted the book. The bit that I, I I'd add on to that is you've got to take the positive action. This stuff that just doesn't come to you. You've got to take the action to to drive stuff forward. So maybe I need to read it. Maybe I've misunderstood it. No, but... no, listen, not at all. But of course, you're right that positive actions lead to lead to positive outcomes. Yeah. But it's it. We have to recognise that our thoughts are incredibly important, and they, they're not just things that rattle 100%. around in our head. Yeah, um, 100%. we wouldn't we wouldn't have a, a mental health epidemic if it if it wasn't for the fact that people are are not taught um to to you know to 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 value the importance of uh, of your thoughts and anyway sorry to come back to your initial question <clears throat> how important is gratitude well this is the main this is the main one really this is the main way that we can <clears throat> ensure that we're thinking about what was good excuse me one sec <clears throat> And a lot right. of talking today. Um, yeah, it's a way of ensuring um, that we uh, are able to think about the things that were good in our day. It, it means that we're facing forwards as opposed to looking at what was what was bad. And again, if you believe in the law of attraction or not, it just means that the more you focus on what you're grateful for, yeah. the idea is the premise is that that we will experience more things of a similar nature that we might say thank yeah. you for. It's my yeah. favourite word, thank you. To say thank you, I sometimes shout it in the car when I'm on my own. Um, and and it for me it gets me in a really great state of mind where I'm completely present with what I've got and yeah. with feeling resourceful or resourced and having everything that I need instead of I guess someone else in the car behind me will be having a different experience where they're thinking about everything that they lack yeah. and ultimately yeah. where you are in your head just dictates your life experience so. Um, you know, my experience when I'm being grateful is that I'm having a good life and that the 100%. experience at that particular time is that things are good. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to spend as much time in that state of mind as I possibly can during my life. Yeah, and that's so. not to say we're going to ignore things that are not good and, and not try and find solutions and improve those things. But let's always make sure that we celebrate our small victories, 100%. whether it's someone holding a door open for us, whether it's someone saying a kind word. Um, you know, someone picking up a bit of litter on our behalf. It's you know, celebrate everything and yeah, yeah, my, yeah and, and that's massive for me. I love that, absolutely love that, and I completely agree. You know, when we look at the world and and where where we are at the minute, um, I think realizing how lucky we are every day is so so important. One one of the conversations that you had on the podcast that I loved. And one that I struggle with because I love a bit of technology, Jeff, yeah. um, is that using technology as a force for connection and communication. And but then, you know, I think you and your son had a conversation about how often we spend our time on our phones. Mm. Um, now, I haven't, if I've got to be honest, I haven't checked the amount of time I spend on social media. I'm a bit scared. Um, but but I, I, I agree. I mean, the, the 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 what the thing that I do do is that sort of do not disturb button on my phone is on constantly so I can manage my own time time and attention. But that that was a good conversation. Can you share with our listeners, you know, what yeah, you know, what, what you shared on the podcast? 
So no, yeah, the basic premise just around um, distraction, I think. And uh, I remember reading a book called Indistractable by Nir Eyal. And um, I yeah. took a lot from it. Uh, um, and I think we all have to be careful around the amount of power that we're giving to the device. Um, and sometimes we can spend, you know, hours, even if it was just two hours a day, that's 14 hours a week. That's, yeah. um, don't make me do you know any maths but basically <laughs> over over the course of a year or even a lifetime we're talking about months that yeah. you have given up of your precious life um, and don't get me wrong there are obviously business uses and it can be used socially but do we control it or does it, it control us is it at all is it a, yeah yeah, 100%. Is it like a crutch? Is it something that we lean on? Is it something that we turn to when we have to be uncomfortable making conversation with someone instead of being human and actually kind of inquiring, how's your day to someone? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it might be whether it's, you know, you can all imagine sitting around a table with family and it's very easy for you to just sit there on your phones, um, you know, feeling that that's sort of more important. But if you're not connecting face to face, I don't know. It's just, it's a massive concern for me. So I always try and regulate the the, the time that I spend doing any of these things. What, one thing that's massively important is um, not leaving the phone uh, by your bedside. So um, yeah. you know, because it will always be the last thing you do for for longer than you should be, and it will always be the first thing you pick up in the morning. It's just a terrible habit. So I'll always put it in the plug point furthest away from the bed um i'm pretty sure that you know it's good in terms of not getting those i've seen videos of how uh, i think it was newts or little fish swim around and to to avoid a mobile phone because of all of the waves that they emit so right. a lot of our kids are sleeping with their phones under their pillows I yeah, yeah, yeah not good not yeah. good it's it's funny when when uh, as I said, Charlotte was struggling a couple of weeks ago. So we've just adopted a new routine that phones off. We go for a walk every day because we've got all Church County Park behind us. And just we, we we just don't touch technology for that hour and just chat. Most of that chat is absolute nonsense, Jeff. It's yeah. just yeah. it's just us sort of having a laugh. But yeah, yeah, just spending that time is really, really important. <laughs> And yeah. then the other the other sort of thing that appeared on the podcast that I was really fascinated about. Um, yeah. uh, and I've, by the way, I've really enjoyed this chat. It's been really insightful. So thank thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, I've got sort of learning already. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about you know the conversation that was interesting was the one on masculinity, toxic masculinity, and some of the things that we should potentially avoid. Now, I know we've spoken about already about that, you know, authenticity element and, you know, saying we need help and we need help. What else do you see as uh, as the things that don't serve us in that space? Uh, uh, well, just just being completely absent from, from anything that has any emotional value. Um, so I put... I put the walk and talks on quite a lot and uh, simple premise, you, you, you get together and you, you walk and you have a chat. And if it's about something meaningful, great. If it's about football, no problem. Um, but just that connectedness, um, all, always 90% women, always, mm. always. And it's, it's like how 
are we going to help men if men aren't going to help themselves? Yeah. Why are we so tied to that that preconception of what strength and masculinity looks like and how it behaves? Yeah. You know, you have to you have to drink pints down the pub, and you have to. Yeah, why can't you go for a walk and have a chat? Why can't you? Yeah. Why Why can't you be be flexible enough to do that? I just know that I'm not being critical when I say this because I understand everybody's got their own um, limitations and things that they find difficult. I know I have, um, but I know that a few guys have have kind of approached the walk and talk where we're all meeting and have have literally turned back or not go out the car because they've seen that there's quite a lot of women there and stuff. So it's, um, I know that there are, are, are probably equivalents that can be done. I, I work with a charity called Strong Men who are for bereaved men and um, they take them up Snowden. So, you know, there's something like, yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. don't have to talk if you don't want to. And we're going to, we're going to walk to the top of Snowden and that, that feels that like feels a really, manly. it feels like, a, a, yeah, without, yeah, without <laughs> being stereotypical because, yeah. uh, because, you know, ultimately, I think people get it and it does draw people out a little bit, you know. Yeah, um, I think we've got, we have got a challenge about breaking down those perceptions, though, right? You know, it's just we have got a, how do we do that? I don't know, but I need to find the format that breaks that. I, yeah. need, to, I need to work out how that works. And I, the first thing that comes to mind is like where, right, if you if you come in, You've got to, you've got to bring a man with you. Grab grab a man. Grab uh, <laughs> grab a man walking salt. Has got grab, a ring to it. Grab grab a man walking salt. <laughs> Make him come. My, but grab a man yeah. walking salt. But yeah, no, you're right. Just that. And I think I think interesting in my sort of lived experience of it is um, often just maintaining those social connections as a man for me personally when I look at the way Cassie does it she does it amazingly well and just I, I'm still sort of working towards making sure that I can be vulnerable enough to turn around and go actually I need a chat or I need some help and stuff like that so yeah it's, it's, it's real interesting I'm really interested um if somebody wanted to get involved in sort of the walk and talks Wanted to get in touch with you. Wanted to start one in their local area. That might be something they might want to do. Um, where can they? Where can they find out more about you? That's a great idea. Yeah. So just um, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm I'm at Jeff Brazier. Um, my email for for those things is Jeff at Jeff-Brazier.com. Okay. Um, it's a lot of Jeffs, I know, but uh, but yeah, if uh, if someone wants to, to make a suggestion or come along to something, then that's what it's there for. And and yeah, I'd love to to get something um, sorted out in lots of areas. Uh, Hornchurch will have to be high up on the list, though. <laughs> I don't know whether I've got too much on though, Jeff. That's the thing. But we, I'm sure we could find somebody to do it. Now, let me come along to one of yours first, and and we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what we can do i, um, I think this is simpler than we think it's uh yeah simpler than and most of the well i say responsibility but all you need is a is a is a cash that's accessible and a few people that are happy to put on workshops and everything else will fall into place 100 percent, love it uh thanks for your time today i've really enjoyed our chat and thank you for being a guest oh no actually 
Uh, one thing, Russ is going to kill me if I forget. Sorry, that's Sophie. That's my youngest. Hello. Really just how say are hello. You? Good. Good. We are still recording though, so are you going to sit down or are you going to, you're going to, no, she's off. Um, one, one thing we always do, every week on the podcast, we have uh, a question that's non-kindness related, but about, you know, just, just because we're curious people, we like to ask questions. Um, right. The one that we've um, sort of shared on social media this week that's got a lot of attraction is um, what's the world's greatest movie soundtrack? What do you reckon it is? What's yours? Oh, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is Star Wars, because I, I grew up in that, but but I need to revise my uh, my first submission and say that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Great, great songs of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Amazing. Pure, pure imagination. Don't cry, Charlie. Yeah, some absolute classics for me. And we haven't had that yet on the list. We had a lot of Baby Driver, funny enough, but um, uh, yeah. Hell? Yeah, Pat, I, I've been listening to it, to it in the car yesterday. Baby, Baby Driver has got an amazing soundtrack. Hmm. Not original songs, but yeah, really, 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 really well selected. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, no you. worries. Cheers. So that was part three of the interview. What did you think? It was good. Yeah, so did I. And now is the time for your favourite bit. <laughs> well, she, she goes. Here she goes. Tis the podcast and i can hear alexa alexa stop perfect now we are ready for the end but not the end of another podcast because it's time for last week's question this week last week's question this week and that is what's the best present you've always wanted but never received uh steve chilton said he wanted a uh, snow speeder andy for no said he wanted to play on the pitch, up to Bath. Something I actually got to do, Andy. It was really, really good fun. And my footballing skills, I shouldn't have been allowed on there, but I, I did really get bad. to do it. I did get to do it. It was good fun. Louise, Matt and me always wanted to talk to us. Oh, same, same. What's the difference between a tall terse and a turtle? I think one of them is more aquatic. I thought that was a terrapin. What's a terrapin? I think they're even more aquatic. <laughs> they go in definitions of how waterbound they are. I found oh, so where waterbound are you? <laughs> Sorry. I found that a little while though, because from my recollection, they did have a tourist. We had a tourist. No, they had a tourist. We used to look after it in the winter. No, we had a tourist. Sorry, this, this is like a, an old school family conversation. Uh, Louise is a listener of the podcast, but is also our, um, our cousin. So, and used to live opposite us when we were growing up. So, Russell doesn't know every listener or contributor to the podcast, but he does know Louise, don't you, Russ? I do. Yeah. Now, tell us, Russ. What's your um what's the, the difference between a tortoise, a terrapin, a turtle, and a turtle? One's a two are aquatic, one's land bearing. What's the difference between a Jack Russell and you? <laughs> <laughs> we're both quite snappy when we're wild. <laughs> <laughs> so uh moving on um <laughs> louise wanted to tell us um 
Daniel Fage wanted to be made redundant and he didn't get it. <laughs> um, and Philip Hahn always wanted roller boots. Uh, amazing things. I don't, my balance isn't good enough for roller boots. You, can, can, you can get wheels that strap to the bottom of your shoes so you don't have to have the boots. And you can get uh, boots. definitely wouldn't take a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on that note, that, my friends, is the end of another podcast. Have a lovely week and we'll see you next time on the Carnage Project. Have a nice time. Bye. Bye.